Growth Igniters Radio, episode 176, Improvising Through Crisis, Employing Comedy to Make Messages Stick. This episode is brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated, enabling successful leaders and companies to accelerate to their next level of growth. On the web at businessadvance.com. And now, here's Pam and Scott. Thanks, Chris. I'm Pam Harper, founding partner and CEO of Business Advancement Incorporated. And sitting right across from me, as always, is my business partner and husband, Scott Harper. Hi, Scott. Hi, Pam. It's always great to join you again. And as always, our purpose is to spark new insights, inspiration, and immediately useful ideas for visionary leaders to accelerate themselves and their companies to their next level of game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth. So, Pam, here we are living in a post-pandemic world with a volatile economy, a stormy political environment, and worldwide outrage about racism and racial injustice. You know, we're just facing what amounts to a buffet of upheaval. It's a tough combination. It is a tough combination, and there's just no playbook for leading ourselves or or our organizations through the combination of these exact circumstances. You know, we just need to improvise to find the best path forward. One of the things we do know, however, is that with so much noise and so many distractions in the environment, it's also more important than ever for leaders to communicate in a way that helps customers, employees, and other stakeholders focus on what are the most important issues and then to make the messages about them stick. Yeah, that's important. And it's an art as well as a science. That's why today we're speaking with Kelly Leonard, Executive Director of Insights and Applied Improvisation at Second City Works, the business arm of the Second City Improvisation Theater. Kelly began his Second City career in 1988, eventually becoming producer of Second City in 1992 and executive vice president through 2015. For those who are not familiar with Second City, he has produced hundreds of original reviews with talent such as Stephen Colbert, Tina Fey, Keegan-Michael Key, Seth Meyers, and Amy Poehler. And we had him on Growth Igniter's radio, oh, it was back in 2015, after his book, Yes And, was published, and it's gone on to receive rave reviews. You can read much more about Kelly Leonard by going to growthignitersradio.com, episode 176, and scrolling down under resources. So, Kelly, welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio. It's been a lot of years. Yeah, thanks for having me. See, we never forget. No. (laughs) (laughs) So, this is a very... Challenging is probably a weak word to use, but it's the best I can come up with. Time, and it just seems so fitting to have you come back. You lead a business, you are a leader in your own right, and we thought that it would be helpful for our listeners to hear how this has all impacted you and Second City Works. So let's start out with that. Yeah, well, there was that day in March, was it the 
12th, 13th, I forget the exact date, but it was a Friday. And um, by Saturday, we had figured out that we were no longer going to be able to have people in our come to our business. And we're a live business. Mm. We're, we are a live theater. Mm-hmm. We do live touring engagements. We do live in-person classes at our training center. And then the corporate division, Second City Works, goes and does these you know live uh, deliveries of, of corporate workshops. And uh, we were having a great year. And so because we are a company based on improvisation, uh, we immediately pivoted. Uh, and, and I was very lucky. I had actually started conversations with Zoom about four weeks earlier. Uh, just had this wild idea one day that maybe this is technology that we might want to use. So we had access to sort of top people in that company. Mm-hmm. And we just got online and started playing. So we looked at the technology like, okay, how can we deliver shows? How can we deliver workshops and corporate stuff and for our student population? So it took about, I don't know, four weeks or so. But we basically became a tech startup. Uh, over a course of a month, and we moved the entire business online. We retained wow. about seventy percent of the students in the training center. We couldn't, we can't replace that theater revenue, so that's a huge hit. But we are doing three shows a week online that are averaging audiences around three thousand from all over the world. So our, mm-hmm. our our capacity of our theater is bigger. We're just not charging yet. And then the corporate group, we figured out. You know, it's different. The The classes that the students come at the training center are very low-fi, so they, they, they could use Google Hangout and just kind of do it. And But our clients are looking for a different kind of experience, and they're paying more. Um, so we basically utilized all the bells and whistles that we had at our disposal. And, and the first of those is that almost all our facilitators are also performers. And so we're like, look, you're putting on a TV show. You know, we are, ah. we are talking to, into a screen, so you're, you're going to act as well as facilitate. And that was, I think, a good note. And then we realized we had all this digital content. We're like, instead of making this like a, a two-hour Zoom call where we're talking at you, let's bring in some funny stuff from the stages or these other, other digital shorts that speak to leadership issues and agility issues and problem-solving issues, whatever we're teaching at the moment. And then we use the chat feature and we do polls. The, also, the most hilarious thing is we were like, let's get a musical director. There should be a playlist, a pandemic playlist when people are coming. Uh-huh. In, and then we score throughout. And this has been a revelation to our corporate clients. Uh, we did a, a workshop very early on for a soft drink uh, conglomerate. And they were like, we are adding a musical director now to all our meetings. It fills huh. up the space. It creates... <laughs> wow energy. So we will often sign off our workshops with a short dance party with everyone. And, you know, that level of of committing to more activity within the screen we're in is one of the things that I think people have to realize is, is really important, that you just can't rely on the talking at in the box. There are other things you can do to communicate effectively at a time when it's not only hard to communicate in this sort of virtual platform, but with all the, as you mentioned, the noise, the cognitive cognitive dissonance, the, the mm-hmm. heartbreak mm-hmm. that is going on. Yeah. You know, you, you do not make good choices when you have all of that stuff being sort of flown at you. So it's really important that we sort of over-connect uh, with our communities so that we can they can feel like they're seen and heard and taken care of and can ask the questions that they need to ask uh, to take care of themselves in this time. Wow. Mm-hmm. So amazing flexibility. Kelly, but my guess is it hasn't been all peaches and cream. Uh, (laughs) What's been the biggest leadership challenge that you've faced as you've gone through this and that you're going to face as we start to slowly reopen? Um, uh, When the events in Minnesota happened, um, and so suddenly, I think we had figured out a baseline for the COVID response, and we started, we're working on the sort of phased opening and talking about that. But then when this 
tragedy happens that becomes just an overwhelming part of the national conversation, we weren't expecting that to be piled on top. And so now we find ourselves, you know, we we took this week and we didn't do the live shows, but we are going to, we are handing over our virtual stage to a, uh, a bunch of our black and brown talent to basically speak and do, and do the work that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, that felt like the right choice. We, we, we hit pause on a couple of things, um, but then we also realized you can't stay silent. So we also added our voice uh, to, to the mix. And that's an easy choice for a second city because I think most people know what our political bent is. And so they're expecting us to be who we are and who we have been. I recognize that that's not the same choice for a lot of other companies. But the leadership literature that I've read says that, you know, if you know your authentic voice as a brand, use that voice because your audience is going to stick with you, uh, but only if you're if you're staying authentic to, the, to that voice. Now, all of this was going on at the same time as, I mean, you, you have a facility as well. Yeah. And starting to reopen, you've got social distancing considerations and all all those other things. A lot of stress. How have you been improvising through that? I mean, that's that's the hardest part of this equation because we're realists. We don't think people are going to be coming to theaters anytime soon. Even if there's this phased opening, our kind of venue will be last because it is a tightly packed nightclub. And, uh, you know, this, this is one of the most frustrating things about some of the conversations I've heard, certainly when we were just in the COVID conversation, was this push to get these businesses reopened when we know that they can't make money at 25% capacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They right. can't make money at 50% right. capacity. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yes. Um, so what we're thinking is when we are allowed back in our space and we know our, our capacity at 300 maybe now will be 50 um, and that's not feasible with mm. just, you know, the, the ticket price alone. Mm. But you know what we've done? We've built a digital audience. So maybe what we can do is carry them back with us. And maybe what the shows are are mixed media. So there's live elements there that are all also being broadcast all over the world that people can buy a ticket to. So that's the kind of thing we're experimenting with now. Um, we're talking to various technology partners and, and other organizations uh, that are interested in this model. The, the reality is, this is true in improvisation, and it is true in science, which is the way you get to figure this stuff out is through experiments. And you have to uh-huh. experiment over and over and over again. So, so that is what, what we're doing. We're trying out different formats uh, every single week in the virtual shows. We're seeing what works. We're seeing how, how it might cross over when we can incorporate uh, live in the room as well. So I am both excited about what this new version of Second City can be, because suddenly we're not limited by place and space. Mm-hmm. Um, Um, And the kind of equity that that can bring. I mean, you know, people who just could never afford or or they live in remote places, but if they've got this Wi-Fi connection, they can be part of our community. And think about how that could extend beyond the stage. Just, you know, maybe there's these memberships that you can come up and you are taking classes and you're going to shows and then you're attending seminars. And so it might be that we are through this sort of terrible uh, sheltering, uh, figuring out the way to actually reach the rest of the world mm-hmm. in real time. That's that's exciting. It is exciting. And it it's very congruent with the kinds of things that we advise clients as well, which is, you know, anytime there's something that is bad, there's always an opportunity that's somehow embedded in it. And you are exemplifying that for sure. We just have to be creative and improvise. That's yep. right. You know, when we were talking about this episode, you were talking about employing comedy. 
yeah. to make critical messages stick. Before we go to break, what would you say was the biggest message that you needed to have stick? And how did you use comedy? I mean, for for us, it's it was the the message is that it's okay. We're 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 going to be okay. We're all going to be okay, and that was one that I think just by merely getting these shows up and and the the idea at, we have hosts now for the shows, which we don't at Second City, and the hosts really set the tone of we're here, we're together, we see you, we're all going to play. It's not going to be perfect. Someone's internet's going to like not work, and but we're still going to get through this thing. And audiences are very forgiving. It turns out when you're truthful with them and when they all understand that we're sharing this time and this time is difficult for all of us. So that was probably the first thing that that really uh, drove home. And that's when we did our very first virtual show. That's a good place for us to leave it for the moment. And we're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll dig deeper with Kelly Leonard, Executive Director of Insights and Applied Improvisation at Second City Works, about how using improvisation and comedy works to make messages stick during a crisis. Stay with us. This is Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper, brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated. As always, we focus on enabling C-suite leaders to accelerate momentum for game-changing innovation, transformation, and growth, and we're at businessadvance.com. You know, Pam, neuroscientists tell us that when we're in a crisis like we face today, it's natural for our brains to go back to tried and true ways of dealing with similar situations. But, you know, this can present a real challenge to visionary leaders, especially in turbulent times like these. It's true. While relying on familiar solutions can work in a stable environment, it doesn't work when the rules no longer apply and we're in the uncharted territory of today and tomorrow. That's where we come in as strategic growth advisors. Our clients have told us that we've helped them gain clarity, frame their challenges so they can make new, more powerful decisions, and most importantly, take new actions that have led to game-changing results. You can learn more by reading our success stories and testimonials on businessadvance.com. And to arrange for a brief call, contact us at businessadvance.com. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper, that's me, and Scott Harper. Scott and I are talking today with Kelly Leonard, Executive Director of Insights and Applied Improvisation at Second City Works, about using improvisation and comedy to help ourselves and others during a crisis. Kelly, how can people find out more about you and your work? Uh, secondcity.com is where you can go to get all the information on on the stuff we're doing. And I am KL Second City on Twitter, and I'm on LinkedIn as well. Okay. And uh, you can certainly see more about Kelly's bio. You can learn more about Second City Works, Second City, by visiting growthignitersradio.com, episode 176. Before the break, we were talking about how comedy somehow enters into all of this to make messages stick during a crisis. Comedy seems like a rather contrarian thing to be thinking about in the middle of a crisis, but there's research about this. Why is it a powerful leadership approach? 
Well, so, you know, the thing about comedy is it is often about um, finding a shared truth, and it is often a, a binding element, right? The, the power of all of us laughing at once together, right? There, there's no, I mean, it's a, a wonderful experience, and when we're doing that, it's because we've all collectively made the same discovery at the same time. Uh, I happen to be married to a comedy professor um, who runs the first ever BA in comedy writing and performance at Columbia College, and she's actually working on a new book where she talks about the element of comedy being uh, recognition or truth, pain and distance. And so at any given time, um, you when you understand that those are sort of the elements that you're playing with, you know, when we were sort of nearing this phase with COVID, right, where we're mm -hmm. about to get out of it, that was a really good time for us to sort of use comedy as a way to explain, like, wash your hands, put on your face mask, you know, all, all the stuff that we need to be doing. The minute um, uh, the rioting and looting and the protesting came on, we had to step back because there is just, it, there's too much pain and not enough distance. So professionals in, in the comedy world have, have to be very smart about when they can employ their rhetoric. And we've all seen, you know, the person make that just terrible tweet at the wrong time that's mm -hmm. going to cost them their job. Mm -hmm. And then we've also seen, I will never forget, you know, after 9-11 when The Onion, you know, came out and they, they found some of the, the first ways that we could laugh uh, about, you know, the situation. But it really is something that, like, if you're an amateur, just don't mess with it right now. <laughs> you know, yes. wait, wait till it's sort of normal times because, you know, what we're doing, we got asked by the city of Chicago they're doing a big uh, virtual graduation for all the graduating seniors of high school. And they're like, could you do something for us? And so we actually created a song that we went and sent cameras to everyone's house. They did it all sort of individually. But, you know, it's about we know that this sucks. We know that this is bad for you. <laughs> yeah. But let's look at the good things. Like, you don't have to stand next to someone with terrible B.O. in the hot sun all day. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> so right. these are that's all the lyrics true. of the song. That's so we just true. find all these sort of like silver linings for these people. And the, we end it saying, you know, and this is important because you're the ones who are going to save us really good insights kelly how can a leader who wants to think about using humor and using comedy how can you tailor the right comedic tone to make it appropriate for a particular situation a particular place you have less chance of falling flat well, I think uh, Chicago's Mayor Lori Lightfoot has really shown a, a deafness for this. Um, uh, during the COVID crisis, these memes would all show up, and then she realized she could start doing TikTok versions of, like, Lori's always watching, uh, so, like, get back into your oh. house. It was oh. really, and, and you know, she, she just had, and because she does not come off as a funny person, you mm -hmm. know, she's tiny, uh, she's got sort of a serious face, so it was even funnier that she was making fun of herself. And then when the news changed and, and this other story emerged, she stopped doing that because it's not appropriate. Mm -hmm. So a very solid sense of the context in the moment, but also playing to your strength. Our, our governor, I think, has done quite a good job as well, J.B. Pritzker, but he's a like a billionaire white guy. You know, it's not mm -hmm. the same. Lori is a, a short, gay, African-American woman. I mean, you know, like she can punch up, you know, uh, in, a, in a way that others can't. And so knowing who you are is is a huge part of knowing whether you can effectively use comedy. And I'll also say this, speaking of Twitter, you know, it's been very interesting to see the brands. And I think of Steakums, like, you know, uh, like who would ever want to buy Steakums? But they have been so funny and truth-telling on Twitter that you see all these people holding up their frozen, you know, packages uh -huh. of meat uh -huh. um, <laughs> simply because they think this Twitter account is funny. <laughs> well... You know, you're making a really good point, which is you have to be aware of who you are and where you are, where you are, 
And the other thing that came to mind is there are so many different types of humor. There are so many different types yeah. of comedy. Yeah. We see it on late night, you know, the difference between Jimmy Fallon and Stephen Colbert and how they're mm -hmm. using comedy and not. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just a very small sample. But mm -hmm. how can you select the right type of comedy to fit a particular culture? Yeah. So, you know, first, it's interesting when my wife teaches about stand-up comics, uh, she says they're, they're not doing perspective taking, they're doing perspective giving. Mm -hmm. So they have to tell the audience basically who they are in the first five minutes so that they'll know how to appreciate the comedy. And that tends to be uh, self-deprecating a lot. Like if you're a Patton Oswald, you're talking about how schlubby you are. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and that, then that opens up to some, you be like, okay, I can relate to this guy on this level. I just watched the new Jerry Seinfeld Netflix uh, special. And one of the things I loved about it very early, he's like, you guys know me, we've known each other for a while. Like, you know, I really don't have to be up here. <laughs> it's like, uh -huh. it's a great way of letting the audience know he, we know he's super rich, yeah. uh, but we also know he's just interested in the minutia of daily life. And those two things can coexist. So I thought that was a brilliant way to, to enter that co comedic conversation. Mm -hmm. So making messages stick yeah. is something that you have to start with the fact that you have to be distant enough maybe from what you're dealing with to use comedy at all. Yep. Yep. Then you have to figure out what's appropriate. You have to have a certain self-awareness mm -hmm. of your style. And then you have to be able to read the... I don't know about read the room exactly, but read it is, the culture. It is. It, it's, it, it, it's read the room in this. It's that the room is different in many different contexts. So uh -huh. what, how you deliver your, your comedy on Twitter is going to be different than how you deliver it on an internal message, which is different than an external message, which is different than mm -hmm. a commercial on TV. So all these different, understanding the different mediums and how comedy is expressed through them. I mean, this is, the, the, this is why, I mean, you know, why my wife started a major in this stuff, because she's like, people are using it everywhere and none of them are educated educated in the all the different ways uh, and modes of the sort of comedic toolbox. But I think, you know, there's a reason that the Super Bowl is filled with comedic ads. I mean, that that is the most expensive TV real estate every year. And the bulk of the commercials are comedic, comedic mm -hmm. because people know that when people laugh, they, they have an emotion and you want your product to be tied to a positive emotion mm -hmm. uh, that will move people to buy it. And so I think we all get how that works in marketing. But then if you're doing communication like we're seeing now, critical communication, if, if bullets aren't flying, right, and there, and there aren't riots in the street, you can use comedy to get people to pay attention. Uh, you can also do it to do the opposite. You know, it's also a way of outgrouping uh, people. And that's what like insult comics do, or that's where, well, that's you know, right. racial comedy comes in, you uh -huh. know, and, and that's a different kind of um, really toxic shared laughter. You know, before we were talking with you, we decided to do a little research on the subject too. And I couldn't believe how many different types of humor there are, Com yeah. comedy. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's why people would want to talk with you at Second <laughs> City Works, right? Yes. Uh, so uh, that was a, not a planned plug, but it is exactly what we're talking about. Improvisation. So <laughs> improvisation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Kelly Leonard, Executive Director of Insights and Applied Improvisation at Second City Works about immediately actionable steps that you can take for employing improvisation and comedy to help messages get through and stick even during a crisis. Stay with us. You're listening to Growth Igniter's Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. 
brought to you by Business Advancement Incorporated on the web at businessadvance.com. Pam, we've been talking about the challenges that all of us face in bringing a sense of humor to life. And one of the things that can help us encourage the high quality conversations that can be supported by humor and comedy is to encourage tough conversations that can help us focus on what's really important. The thing is that sometimes these conversations that really should happen don't happen. For a variety of reasons, especially now when so many companies are taken up with so many different types of gut-wrenching change, it's easy to get tracked away from unresolved issues. And these can grow into elephants in the room. And those are the issues that everyone knows about, no one wants to talk about, and it can lead to major problems that can stop momentum cold. So how can you take control of these issues as early as possible? Find out by downloading a copy of our report, How to Take Control of the Elephants in the Room. Go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 176, and click the link in resources. Welcome back to Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. Over the last two segments, Scott and I have been talking with Kelly Leonard, Executive Director of Insights and Applied Improvisation at Second City Works, about using improvisation and comedy to help ourselves and others during a crisis. Kelly, remind us again how people can find out more about Second City Works. They can go to secondcity.com. We, we also have a Second City Works website, but since this has all happened, we've just condensed everything uh, that people can find about the company uh, at secondcity.com. Okay. You can also see more by visiting growthignitersradio.com. Episode 176, scroll down under resources, we'll have a link. It's just another way to find out about what's happening here. Kelly, this is the part of our podcast. You may remember when we discussed the practical ways to bring the ideas that we've been discussing to life. In this case, it is ideas you can take from employing improvisation and comedy to get the messages through and stick during a crisis. What is the first idea you would have? So I think before anything, we need to take care of our people. We have to recognize that they're in these remote settings and uh, we need them to bring their creative ideas. I mean, the best kind of leadership is leadership that is empowering the people around you and they need to know that they're they're cared for. I've got a really cool exercise. Can I share it with you? Absolutely. Uh, so this was invented by my wife um, and it's around uh, individual and team resiliency and she calls it wish and she has everyone get a piece of paper and a pen and the first thing she writes down is like write down a thing you wish you could do right now. Um, so when I did this I was like I want to swim in the ocean. I want to get in like salt water in the ocean. That's what I want to do. Okay. And then she says okay now write down the emotion you think you'd feel um, if you got to do that. And for me, it was like refreshed. And then she goes, okay, now in the third column, write down when you see that emotion, a thing you can do right now to experience that. And so I was like, oh, I could take a walk. I could splash water on my face. And, and the idea here is that, yes, the situation is really, really hard. But we have agency and we have tools to basically frame the experience and be in the mindset that we want to be emotionally and otherwise. Mm -hmm. I can splash water in my face and that will make me feel refreshed. And that's what I'm really looking for here. Uh, that's more important than the actual going to the ocean. And, and we've done this now in our workshops a number of times and people are like, I like this. I'm going to actually do this every morning. I like this. We're going to yeah. we're going to work on that one, too. I yeah. like that a lot. So uh, that's certainly immediately useful. What's a second idea? 
Okay, we talked about this in terms of the idea around uh, comedy and your voice and your message. And so if you're a company um, and you want to use comedy, you've got to ask yourself some questions. You know, it, what, what am I in the, the business of, of doing with this message? Do I, what is my comic voice? Uh, and what medium would that comic voice, you know, work well? Um, you should hire professionals. If it's not us, there's other experts in comedy, but don't use it without a license. Um, but <laughs> the, the, the important thing, and I think I want to stress this again, we talked about before is the authentic nature of your voice. Like I talked about this Mary Lightfoot, she's not a funny person, but she uses that to her comic expression. You know, it's that deadpan sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really, really effective. So know who you are. And then from there, in working with professionals, find, you know, ways you can test this out while not putting on Twitter. Maybe mm-hmm. have a focus group of like 10 people. You try your stuff in and see if it's effective. And then you can start to use that voice uh, in the world to make your messages stick. Okay. So have a soft opening. <laughs> yes, soft opening. I like it. <laughs> so, but it also is being clear, it sounds like, about being honest with yourself about whether that is something you can comfortably do. It's you don't not for everyone. Go- it's no. not for everyone. And, and the other thing that you said clear, I'll also say specific. Yeah. Um, so the worst thing in the world for comedy is ambiguity. That also happens to be something that's really bad in ethics. That happens to be something that's really bad in leadership. Yeah. Don't be ambiguous. Be specific. Okay. So be specific. How about a third idea? So we talked when I was on the podcast about the idea around yes and. Um, yes, right. And, uh, and most people have a general understanding of it because it's, it's, it's in the vernacular now. And certainly the tech industry is crazy about yes and. They just, mm-hmm. mis- they just misuse it a lot. <laughs> um, uh, so when we started partnering with the University of Chicago um, on a thing called the Second Science Project, we were working with behavioral scientists to sort of see what insights we can glean from their work and what they could glean from ours. And when we took the group through the yes and exercise, uh, they said, this is great. We get it. We understand why this works. And there's evidence to support your idea. But what happens when we're in a difficult conversation? What happens when uh, we're in a moment where we don't agree at all with the person across from us, but we need to stay inside the conversation? Do you, do you have a, like a mode for that? And we didn't. So both parties went away. The scholars started looking at evidence, and we started looking at improv principles. And we discovered what it was. And this, this sort of fourth pillar around yes and is thank you because. Uh-huh. And the idea here is if we're in uh, disagreement, but we need to stay in the conversation, I'm going to thank you when you share your opinion I don't agree with. And that's going to set off the gratitude part of your brain. So you're not going to be in a flight or flight. And then the because part is crucial. I'm going to find some point of agreement in what you said, even if the point of agreement is, I really appreciate how strongly you believe in your opinion. Because when people felt that they're seen, um, they will stay with you. And they will see you as being something more than just your, your tribe or your opinion. So, mm-hmm. we, And we've actually tested this. There's a paper coming out, probably in the fall, where we've employed not just both parties doing thank you because, but even just one party. And it has proved highly effective to people feeling that they can stay inside this conversation. And I bring this up for a for a reason at this moment, because we are doing everything but that. Uh, we are canceling, we are blocking, and mm-hmm. there is no way that we get through this, any of us, if we're not together. And that is vital. We all have to see each other. We have to see each other as human, with a mind. And, and this, this thank you because idea, I think, is a very powerful way uh, to enter into those difficult conversations. Well, thank you, Kelly. I'm going to steal that idea immediately because <laughs> it, it is really powerful. I can just feel it right now. 
<laughs> it is. Can you leave us with a final thought about improvisation and comedy to make messages stick during a crisis? Yeah, one of my favorite improv adages is play the scene you're in, not the scene you want to be in. Like, we don't want to be here. We don't want to be no. cooped in. I mean, the, the the rare super introvert is like, you know, the happiest person in the world. But none of us really are. We're all on the spectrum, right? And and these labels don't help us. And these categories don't help us. Um, people are many things. Uh, and so I think that if we can start to be really fiercely in the moment with ourselves and with our colleagues, if we take care of ourselves and know that, you know, when the noise gets too much, you can shut it down for a bit and go take a break and take a walk and splash the water on your face. But then you get back to the work. And, and the work is in being connected with your teams, having authentic, real conversations. And when you can find those rare moments to share laughter, do. Because the shortest connection between two people is a laugh. I agree. Kelly, thanks so much for being our guest today on Growth Igniter's radio. Uh, thanks, Kelly. And thanks to you out there for listening to Growth Igniter's radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper. To check out resources related to today's conversation, share on social media, read Kelly's bio in the episode transcript, or even open a conversation with us, go to growthignitersradio.com, select episode 176. Until next time, this is Pam Harper. And Scott Harper. Wishing you continued success and leaving you with this question to consider. So when I'm faced with a difficult situation, how can I use comedy appropriately to make it better? Growth Igniters and Growth Igniters Radio with Pam Harper and Scott Harper are registered service marks of Business Advancement Incorporated. All Growth Igniters Radio episodes are copyrighted productions of Business Advancement Incorporated, intended for the private use of our audience. Except as otherwise provided by copyright law, all other uses including copying, editing, redistribution, and publication without prior written consent of Business Advancement Incorporated are prohibited. All rights reserved.